Melissa, and I'm Steve Ray, filling in for Greg Rempe tonight on the big show, the big barbecue show. Let me share with y'all something I found interesting. Well, cavassing local news items. Now, I don't know if you believe in climate change, global warming. If you're pro, con, don't believe it. If you think it's just weather, I'm not going to tell you where I believe because what I believe is not important. But here is the thinking of some people. And I found this quite interesting, the way some people think. This writer, Eduardo Garcia, from the New York Times, he says, uh, I went to my first cookout of the year a couple weeks ago, and while I really enjoyed the cold beers and plenty of delicious food, I couldn't help thinking about the smoke that came from my friend's charcoal grill. Does that smoke contain high levels of greenhouse gases? For instance, I contacted Eric Johnson, an environmental consultant based in Switzerland, who actually wrote a study comparing the carbon footprints of charcoal in gas grills. Now, that, now that's interesting. Mr. Johnson said charcoal grills typically generate three times as much greenhouse emissions than gas for the same cooking job. Mr. Johnson says people tend to overuse charcoal, but when they use, but when you use gas or propane, you turn the grill off and on. He found that a typical charcoal grilling session emits as much carbon dioxide as driving a car for roughly 26 miles. He says that may not sound like a lot, but consider the fact that approximately 90 million Americans own a charcoal grill. These things add up in the end, Mr. Johnson said. He's also said two other factors worsen the environmental footprint of a charcoal grill. Not all charcoal comes from renewable resources, and the accelerants that are often used to start charcoal fire are usually made from fossil fuels. The most environmentally friendly way to get a charcoal fire going is to use a charcoal chimney. Electric grills don't emit carbon dioxide, but given that coal is burned to produce more than a quarter of the power generated in the United States, Mr. Johnson said that gas would probably be the most sustainable barbecue option in most cases. Organizing an environmentally friendly barbecue is also about serving food and drinks in compostable or reusable plates and cups. Reducing food, food waste by playing ahead and favoring grilled vegetables over meat. And if you don't want to cut out the meat altogether... You should try a burger recipe that blends meat and mushrooms or now impossible meat like the weed burger or the weed whopper at Burger King. If you had one of those, I had one. I had a weed, a weed whopper. You know, I'm going to tell you, if, if somebody told me, if somebody gave it to me, all, you know, lettuce, uh, onions, everything on it, tomatoes, mayonnaise, I would I would have tasted it. If they didn't tell me what they did, I would have said, this tastes a little funny, but it's still good. It's, it's a Whopper. It's, it's that close. 
It's that close. And the only reason I, the only reason I ordered it, it was out of curiosity. I'm certainly not gonna. I'm certainly not going to uh, be a weed whopper fan. But I thought that was interesting. I thought that was real interesting. About that, I don't know. You may not think it was, but I thought it was. And I'm doing a show. Hey, we've got Mike Peterson coming up next. We're going to go to the big board and we're going to get a hold of Mike. So hang on just a second. We'll be right back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by CookingPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookingPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com and buy cooking pellets there as well. CookingPellets.com all right welcome back on the line folks you don't you don't know what the gentleman the gentleman who you're looking at what he did in the latter part of September. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Peterson from Fat and Dumb Barbecue. Mike, how are you, sir? How you doing? I'm good. I'm real good. Staying a little bit closer to that um, computer so we can hear you good, Mike. Alrighty, how about, uh, are we having any improvement there? Oh, that sounds a, a whole lot better. I appreciate that. Now, my, what you, what you did, it, it, it's so incredible. And uh, I'm just going to tell everybody what you did. And then, then we'll, then we'll start talking about it. Okay. On September sure. the 28th, Mike and his teammates and, and Mike, what, tell me their names. Cause I know, I know you want to give credit to everybody. Absolutely. Uh, my good buddy, Trey Corbett, uh, who's been a long time member of our barbecue squad and, uh, a, uh, I, I wouldn't say frequent, but often enough, member, my friend Jim on deck was with us as well, helping mm -hmm. us out. So the three of you guys, 102 yes, teams at the Shawnee Great Grillers State Championship, 102 teams. Mike Peterson, Trey, and his other friend, Fat and Dumb Barbecue, they scored a 180 in chicken, a 174 in ribs, a 180 in pork and a 180 in brisket for a total score of 714.8572, the third highest score ever recorded in a Kansas City Barbecue Society contest. Mike, that, that's incredible. That is simply incredible what you guys did. And I, and I can't believe you weren't on the Today Show. The Monday after that, <laughs> if people, if, if everyone knew, everybody that cooks in competitions knows how hard. Tell me, 
Tell me what it feels like sitting in the, the at the award ceremony, hearing that nonsense. Just you know, one one eighty after the other. Uh, well, the first one was a big enough surprise to us, as uh, chicken all year has been. It hasn't been a mystery so much as it was last year, but uh, here in the first one, she the announcer didn't even uh, call out the one eighty until I got all the way up to the stage. So that I. I was floored by that alone. And then when we got the third place rib, I was, you know, not surprised, but not, uh, not disappointed by any means. I'd say not. Then as the, the 180 in pork, I mean, to get two in one contest, I, I've never, never even thought you would have asked me 10 years ago, if that could have happened, I would have laughed in your face. Um, but, you know, and then to hear another one in brisket, I, I don't know. I, I felt like Ricky Bobby. I couldn't feel my hands. They just kept floating on up there. Didn't know what to do. Felt like I was floating on air. Uh, you know, I. There have been times in the past couple of years where I, I've not known where I was going to place in the contest. That's the only time I've ever felt secure. So you, when you, I was going to ask you when you turned in your food, were you, did y'all look at each other and say? That was a good cook. We, we, well, we, we I mean, we had a great cook at the Royal and finished in the 200 somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's, you kind of learn to, uh, you know, judge your own food with as much honesty as you can, but it's not your opinion that matters. You send it off to the judge's tent and they do what they want to with it. Uh, we knew it was a good cook. It met our standards. It did the things that I wanted it to do. And, uh, you know, after that, I was just hoping to hear our name a couple of times. And, well, when they say you want to hear your name last, I got to hear it three times. Yeah. So, uh, we're pretty excited about that. Did what, what did the when – the, when they announced brisket in a score of 180, uh, there's 102 teams in mm -hmm. this contest, which is an enormous contest. And I'm sure that the, the, the award ceremonies with everybody's spouse and friends, I'm sure there was probably 400 people there. Did did everybody just did their did they go oh, or what was their what was their response to that? That's like Elvis I, entering the building. <laughs> I wish I could have heard anything but the beating of my heart inside my chest at the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I seem to remember a lot of noise. I always scream fat as loud as I can at, at the top of my lungs, so it drowns out a lot of things. Um, Funny enough, Shawnee is the first contest I and my friends ever competed in about nine years ago. Um, and then starting in 2014, 2015, we got our first call on ribs there. That was our first call ever. I uh, got our second call ever there the next year. And uh, then managed last year to, uh, to pull third place there just out of RGC by about four points. And uh, this year, I even wrote the organizer before we started. I said, uh, why don't you give us a chance to beat 913 Barbecue and the McAllisters here? Excellent at everything they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and sure enough, this year, it just all came together. And, you know, we couldn't be happier with the result, obviously. And, you know, to, to fall that short of history by a couple of points, well, I'm not going to say it's deflating, but, man, that would have been something special, wouldn't it? I think you said uh, Donnie Teal has the highest score ever. Nobody has ever, to, to your knowledge, nobody's ever it's, had four 180s. 
in a contest? No, no one's ever had four of them. And uh, Donnie Teal has the highest score, and there's another one than you guys now. Yeah, so there's actually there's a team out of Louisiana back in 2015, actually on the same weekend, the uh, fourth anniversary of, of our score, got the very same score at a contest down in, uh, I believe it was Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then J-Star here in Kansas City on, I want to say it was September 11th, 2015, got a uh, 714.88. Wow, and those are those are the highest scores I can find. And everybody else tells me Donnie Teal's at the top with a seven sixteen point eight. Well, you know what's amazing? Uh, your your friend's nine thirteen barbecue uh, finished second RGC, and their score was seven oh five. Yeah, and that that normally now you know can you imagine getting a seven oh five and not walking away with the win? That usually guarantees you the you win. Know? You know. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what's so amazing about that. You know, you said we yeah. we we had a seven hundred five and came in second. That's like saying, um, you know, I had, I batted four twenty one yeah. this year and last, came in third. <laughs> yeah, last year we finished third with a six ninety eight. Yeah, so you know, and that was as close as I'd ever been to a seven hundred. So I was pretty excited about that. But you know, at third place, um, again, still excited, but. Uh, Man, just you know, one out of it, one out of a big banner, and then a couple more points. I nine one three again finished with, I believe, a, a seven oh six or a seven oh seven last year. What um, what do you cook on, Mike? I cook on an assassin thirty two gravity feed. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are your? Um, I'm sure you've got some sponsors that you'd like to mention on the. Oh rest. sure, because well, hold on, wait till everybody can go pick up a pencil and paper, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Because everybody, because well, right now everybody's googling assassin smokers. I should right. Call Jeff Conley down <laughs> in Georgia, man. He makes a he yep. makes a tank of a smoker, and he'll customize it any which way you like. Um, my title sponsor is uh, Strategic Capital out of Kansas City. They they do small business funding. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's got a barbecue business needs to fund a PO and just can't get the money together to fill an order, they're your folks. Give them a call. Capital strategy hashtags. Um, the other big one, and this is kind of a shameless plug for myself and my friends, reach right on back here, is uh, – oh, let's get her in there. Be Nice Gardens. A um, friend of mine started a honey company, and I asked him to make an infusion for me. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been over the moon with the results. Uh, one of the biggest things is this bottle of honey right here. That's a year old. Oh my! And that honey's that honey still flows. It's nothing, did nothing I, but honey and flavor in there. Did I no see fillers, the word? No, did I see the no word habanero on the front? I believe. Yeah, habanero infused yep. honey. Yes, sir. And now, where we can we? Where can we? We have habanero jalapeno and uh, as well as some other flavors. Garlic is by far the best on chicken, if you have my opinion. But I'm not touching it in competition. Yeah. Um, you can get it at BeNiceGardens.com. You can get it at the Kansas City Barbecue Store, which has also been very good to me over the years. Uh, they have it online as well, and we'll be on Amazon here in a few weeks. All right, what we're going to do, we see, don't don't go anywhere. I'm going to We're still seeing. I'm still seeing you, but we're going to put up the screen. I can you see that screen from where you are? I sure can. Okay, good deal. All right, let's go. Let's start right over here to the my left. Uh, the 180 under the chicken. 
that's the the chicken box and this this uh i'm sure you probably got this already framed it on your uh over your mantle <laughs> but to uh, be honest with you it's not my prettiest boxes in the world well they all scored nines <laughs> oh, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, yeah they, they scored nine, so somebody thought they were pretty. Um, when you right. were, when you were doing the chicken, was there was there any sort of a, a feeling, you know, that uh, either good or bad when you were when you were getting your chicken together when you were building the box? It looks like you use kale. Is that is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of playing with parsley, yeah. man. That's a struggle. You. I'm well over. I'm with you. Everybody's everybody seems to be going with it. Um, you know, when, when I when I put my chicken in a box, we we did a little contest here a couple months ago, and um, I, I couldn't get it right. My partner had to jump in and uh, straighten it up for us, and uh, mm -hmm. we ended up getting first place in chicken. Um, did, did, what did y'all? Congratulations! Well, it, no, it, it was nine. It, no, no, don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> the um, when y'all were doing the chicken box, and I know, I know all three of y'all look at it. Were you like, huh, this looks good, or, well, we could have done this better, or, you know. It well, those, those were the prettiest six pieces I had in my in my tray of ten, mm -hmm. so those are the ones that went. The other four got to be tasters. I don't think they lasted very long. Um, really, the biggest key for me is I, could, I do most of the prep and the trimming before we even get to the contest, yeah. so I just try to make sure they're trimmed right before we put them in the, in the cooker. And then hopefully they don't misshape or deform while they're cooking, as chicken thigh tends to do from time to time. Um, that's really the only thing I can say about it is I'm going by bite. I just want it to be done. And if it looks if it looks a little funky, you know, in KCBS the a six a six nine nine is the same as a. Uh, uh, nine eight nine. So if you got to give up anything, it'd be a parent's point. Um, but obviously, you know, I I thought it was a good box when we put it together, and and I got some agreement. You know, I looking at it real close, I can nitpick anything basically. You know, I see a couple of pieces that are longer than others, uh, but mostly they're the same size, they're the same color, they're the same shape. The yeah, gap Mike, between them Mike, same Mike, between the you first four. And you know that when you take a picture of a box, it doesn't look the same as when you're looking at it in, in person. Because, oh, sure. Because the judges, oh, sure. the, the judges, they don't, I mean, you know, they don't, they don't look at these boxes very long. It's a, it's a glance more than anything. Oh, I know it. And, uh, I know it. We take a picture before, we take a picture before we turn it in and look at the picture. Yeah. What, um, but what, what about when y'all tasted it? Did, did it, um, like, did you taste it and say, man, this is. You know, we, we've never done this one. This is good. This is good. Oh, no, I'd say that it, it's our chicken has been good all year long, and we've gotten rewarded for it a couple of times. Um, but, you know, this was this this chicken was as good as the chicken that I cooked at the Royal of the Open and in the Invitational mm -hmm. uh, two weeks prior to that. I had great chicken. It just didn't score well. Uh, I cooked some chicken last weekend that was real good chicken, too. Uh, um, as far as flavor and tenderness is pretty pretty consistent. Um, I, again, I'd like to thank my friends David and Bethany at Nine One Three Barbecue for as much help as they've given me over the years, as I've slowly picked off a question or two at a time mm -hmm. um, from my friends in the barbecue community. Last year, Bethany had the best chicken in the country. A year before that, she was real close too. Like it was just, you know, she's. If you're going to listen to somebody. 
about chicken, listen to some of the best in the country. Oh, absolutely. Um, for anybody that's out there that doesn't compete a whole lot, don't be afraid to go ask questions. Uh, it's, it's a helpful community in it. Absolutely. That's the, the part that hooked me the most when we started doing this with any kind of seriousness a couple of years ago. Actually, it was two years ago. This is our second real season. Uh, was just how open everybody is and willing to help. And if you forget something, they got it for you. If you need advice on something, just to ask and be humble. And uh, you're likely to get an answer that's going to be useful if you come at it. With any kind of attitude, they might get some attitude back, but that's just people in general. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's run. Let's move next to this raggedy old box of ribs that you know screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Compart Family Farms rib yeah. right there. That's uh, that's the best ribby money can buy. One. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, ten ribs in the box. I like that a whole lot. I like that a whole lot. Um, they look good. Most of them are straight. The ones in the back. Always look straighter than the ones in the front because you can hide them a little bit. Sure. But um, yep. But the the tenderness was obviously there. Um, you know, uh, everything staying on the bone when y'all tested the. Uh, oh, absolutely. The, the so last last year I was lucky enough to be uh, the twenty third best rib cook in the world according to KCBS. Mm -hmm. uh, I was winning ribs left and right last year. It just hasn't been that way this year, and that happens, of course. You just. I haven't changed anything. I think that I'm still judging them the same way when I put them in the box. Uh, they they bite clean, mm -hmm. uh, don't pull off the bone, and for the most part, the bones are pretty straight. Um, you know, obviously, I, I funny enough, I I wish I could show you my 180 ribs from last year. They were uh, the first 180 I ever got. It was not not the straightest route in the world, but man, were they cooked right. Yeah, I think I think well, you know, taste, taste and tenderness. I think trump everything, especially tenderness. For sure. Tenderness, you know, it's like the those those great cooks like you always say. It's always, it's always about the tenderness. All right, let's move over here to the pork box. Um, looks like you got some tubes on top, maybe a little bacon. Tubes and bacon mixed up. Yep. And then uh, that's looks like a pretty, two money muscles made. Yeah. Two money muscles made to look like one. And, and that's a good, as much as I could. A good job of doing that. And they look big too. Yeah, we were real happy. The big ones on top, so you can see it. The uh, ones in back there are a little bit yeah. smaller, but you can't see the bottom half of them. But that, they look really nice. Nice color. I like the darkness of those um, of those um, pork. Now, are you um, are you saucing your pork any, or are you just using the au jus when you put it in the box? I use au jus and a little bit of sauce. Mm -hmm. uh, don't I don't want to over sauce pork at all. Yeah. Uh, I think it takes away from it again with everything. I mean, I've had people tell me there's too much sauce on my ribs and uh, then I tell them there's about an ounce and a half on the entire rack. Um, you know, same way with pork, there's a little mixed in. I usually mix some au jus and sauce together and, mm -hmm. and put it on there. Um, again, that's a lot of that color on the money muscle comes from that be nice honey. Uh, um, that's our habanero on there, and the jalapeno goes on the ribs. And you, you know what I it, you know, sh shines things up real nice. I tell you what I like on that box, Mike, is the uh, uh, the neatness on each side of the pulled. That's hard. That's yeah. hard to get, and that's that. Um, that's impressive. I think that is that really looks nice. It's a lot easier if you just use a knife. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I was trying to compliment you. 
Yeah. <laughs> I get you. I get you. That again, if I nitpick, I see a couple of pieces crossing yeah. my uh, straight lines there that I don't like. But pork's one of those hey, things, you know. It, brother, enjoy it. They ain't going to come back and give you a one seventy nine. Okay. I know it. I know <laughs> it's it. too late. But it's it's one of those things that I'm always running short on time on pork. Yeah. I don't care how much time I got. It's every second from the second I turn in ribs to the second, the last second possible to turn in pork. That thing's getting worked on. You so know, sometimes it just comes down to putting what you can in the box and letting the judges do the rest. You know, the more I look at those ribs, Mike, I mean, that is the color of those things is like a, um, that looks like a, looks like an A series, um, Wilson baseball mitt, just a beautiful color. No, no, that's a good thing. No, it's a good thing. I've, I've, no, I've been rubbing it with glove oil. It's cool. <laughs> but I mean, just looking at it, it, the more I look at it, it's, yeah. um, I mean, the color is just, I'm sure when I'm sure when the judges saw that that color jumped out at them, and they said, "My God, that's that's beautiful." Um, yeah, I, you know, I, there's a lot of folks that turn in real dark meat. Um, that's not me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think it's well. The chicken chicken speaks for itself. It looks like it's a it's in a mirror. It's so shiny, and the ribs do too. And that pork, the way mm -hmm. you've got that that pork in there is just uh, everything's just. It looks like it's compartmentalized. And uh, that, big, yeah. that big money muscle on the right, I thought that was a good – I like that technique. Um, moving over here to the brisket, um, turned in the burnt ends, which always – you know, that's a chance because you know, uh -huh. because it gives them two things to judge. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, never, I'm, never, I'm never gutsy enough to turn in burnt ends because I'm scared that they're going to – you know, I'm, I'm scared that maybe someday I'll screw up and cook a good brisket and turn it in, but the burnt ends will, you know, drag right. me down. So, um, tell me about those yeah, burn that's certain that certainly happened to us, yeah, yeah, so that we've been we've been through that struggle many times that's that's the continuing debate in the trailer come turn in time, yeah, you know, we cook burn ins every time, uh sometimes we taste them, and they're fantastic, and they go in the box, other times we taste them, and they're just you know too chewy, and with wagyu, of course, the fat content in that point is so high, it's basically beef butter um. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's always the debate for us is whether or not we put those things in. This time, they turned out great. Um, we we just thought there wasn't there was no way we wouldn't put them in the box. That's and that's the only that's the only condition I'll put them in there. So everybody took a bite and said these are spot on. Was was put them in yeah, there. but more so than normal. Usually the reaction on the burn ends is always good, but you know it's. We've done it a few times now uh, where we felt obligated to put in burn ends because mm -hmm. we won with them the day before, the week before, what have you. Um, and that ended up catching us. And I, you know, I make notes after every cook is what exactly was I looking at when that rib, when, when that uh, burn end got it to the box? Mm -hmm. Was it, was it mushy at all? Did it have, fat running through the bottom of it was was there any kind of uh over overly softness were they too wet really um in this case they man they hit they hit the mark they were they were dried out enough that they had some tooth to them and didn't feel just like mush yeah um and uh and that's hard had, to do you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get that too. texture it's 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 like doing ribs and getting that velvety and getting that velvety you know, bite off of a rib. Those uh, there's such a small margin of area in a burnt end, in a, in a mm -hmm. contest, and uh, you got to really, you got to hit it because those uh, 
because those judges, you know, they they sample so many of them. They know they know the good ones from the posers too. Uh, I I tell you, there's a lot of guys that are cooking a a prime uh, burn end or mm -hmm. point, and then a wagyu yeah, flat. I've heard that just to get just to get the burn ends. And yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not buying any more than one two hundred dollar brisket. <laughs> You're not getting me spending more money. Well, we got a deal on this one. It was only 110, right? Uh, oh, there you. Yeah, we got we used the cheap one. This one. Uh, the, the slices look really good. It looks like you may have had a, uh, uh, a flash go off on your phone. Probably, it made it look a little bright. It looks like because yeah, it washed it out a bit. Yeah, because the 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 burn ends look a little bit darker than there, and that's usually the case on that. But um, mm -hmm. good looking, good looking boxes, Mike. Real good looking boxes. Even appreciate it. Yeah. We've, been, we've been working real hard on boxing for the last two years, and I think this year it's finally come around. I got a technique I like that's fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that and that kale's amazing, isn't it? And and you know what's neat about it? It seems like every every year, every time you check uh, or do a little research on, it, somebody comes up with a different way to do it that makes it even easier than the first way. You know, mm -hmm. they're 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 just instead of cutting, they're just pulling. And then all of a sudden, right. it's just, you know, it's just like a big mess. And then all of a sudden, they show the camera, and, and that box looks like a putting green. Right. And that, you know, that's right. what I'm always looking for. I want that real smooth, contoured, a little hump, like a like the crown on a baseball or a football field in the middle, just a little one to make that those middle pieces stick out a little bit. And um, it looks like it looks like you've nailed that that uh, that technique because it looks yeah, really good. Well, we I started by shopping at like twelve different WalMarts for the perfect parsley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then yeah. got fed up with it and found out that I could just buy pretty much three random bunches of kale mm -hmm. and then one real pretty one with nice tightly wound leaves, and then I could be done with four boxes and not have to stay up all night going to every Walmart in town. Did your team ever go with uh, just leaf lettuce? Oh, that? that's what we started with. Mm -hmm. We said forget all this fancy stuff and just cut leaf lettuce and. Literally stick the curl bends up in the corners and yeah. <laughs> pile it up in the middle. It was yeah, because you can it was you can cut it really off poor. and stuff some stuff some in there sometimes. Yeah, it 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 doesn't look as I mean some of them look really nice, but not as good as that kale does. I, I you can make anything look good. It's just how much time do you want to spend doing it? Right, Mike. Mike, do you think um, do you think that the KCBS has uh, backed off on a on the appearance of the um, uh, the the lettuce and the kale, the parsley, uh, the garnishing. Any you see, it just doesn't seem to be. Um, it, I don't know if it's. Let me rephrase it. I don't know if it's not as important anymore as it used to be, or if we as cooks have have risen and everybody's building a better looking box. I think that people are definitely building better boxes, and and not only in the appearance, but also in all the categories and all the meat for that matter. There's just so much information out there. You know, when a lot of people started this, there wasn't YouTube to go watch and figure out how to build a box. You had right. to just teach yourself or learn directly from somebody. Uh, same with all the, all the classes people have available to them these days. It's just so much information to go get. I think the game's really been, the level of the game's really been raised. Uh, I hope judges are paying attention more to the meat and listening to the instructions from KCBS to just judge whether the garnish is legal or not. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to take a chance that that's what they're doing. So yeah, uh, my attitude is build it as best you possibly can, um, and then use it as a picture frame for the meat. Give give somebody less to be distracted by. 
Right. Just make it make it a part of the picture, not the main picture. And yes, I like sir. the way I like the way you did yours because it um ah, shoot, let me find that cursor again here. Let's see. Uh where did I put you right there? Yeah. Um you've got you, you know, you've you've really you've you've evened it out on the sides really well. Um, you know, keeping that meat in the middle. Um, you know, keeping like that on that brisket, you've got a nice row at the top and a nice little an outcropping at the bottom. And uh, I, that's the kind of stuff I think that the judges, I think that's what they look for is kind of a, um, a symmetry. Because, you know, like I say, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've watched them in judges. I've watched them in contest and take the boxes to the judges. And it's not a, uh, you know, they don't sit there with a magnifying glass. And, you know, you look on Facebook at the uh, turn-in boxes uh, page on Facebook and people are saying, well, that one piece of salt on the left corner of the chicken is off centered. You know they pick them to pieces, and they're not they're not getting judged like that, man. They're they're right. just, it's a drive by. Yeah, you have about a second and a half to look at the box and yeah. make an opinion on it. Uh, my general thoughts is, are that humans have been uh, evolutionary dispo evolutionarily disposed to uh, look for symmetry. And also the illusion of bounty also attracts us. So if you can make a full box with some nice even edges around it, uh, you know, you've got a better chance for us. Well, I do too. And I, I really like the 10 ribs in that box too. I think that looked good. And I think that should have got a 182. I think that should have got a 180 as well. Do they know what they did to you? I mean, we had a chance at history here. That you could I have, know, right? I would have been interviewing you after uh, that girl on the Today Show. If you'd gotten all 180s. Good well, habits. I don't know. I probably would have died in the ticker tape parade. <laughs> Mike Peterson, you're a good one. I'm going to tell you that right now. I appreciate you spending time with us. I got to go. I got to talk to the charcoal guy. Make sure you stay tuned and um, listen to the charcoal guy. He's up next. John Falkenberry. He's going to be coming to us from uh, uh, Jealous Devil charcoal okay so you, you kick oh, back. i've used that product before that's a good one all right well he's going to tell us all about it mike peterson congratulations to you and fat and dumb barbecue you guys are fantastic and best of luck to you in the future man thank you steve you betcha fat. <laughs> take care what a good guy mike peterson from fat and dumb barbecue all right let's see that went bad that went well that went well nice when skype works all right we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave the music off so I can hear. I don't know what the heck that what the music was. I can say it worked. It worked great when we tested it last week. That's okay. Southside Market Barbecue bringing you this part of the Barbecue Central Show. Attention, anyone who loves sausage and barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas and has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for their original beef sausage and their authentic. Central Texas barbecue that is already prepped. You just need to reheat it. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. Now, last Christmas, Greg sent me and some friends some sausage from the Southside Market. And, folks, it is, it is incredible. It, it is the the taste is just euphoric so if you've got a special person and they're not you know close to you southsidemarket.com go to the website and i think if you put in on the promo code barbecue central 
when you check out, Barbecue Central is the, the secret word. When you're checking out, they will give you 10% off on the entire order. Not just your first order, but every time you order from Southside Market. That's the code Barbecue Central, all one word, lowercase. You know you've been hearing Greg talk about this. Go do it. Go to bar, go to southsidemarket.com and order it. What the heck? Order it for yourself. Bring it home and taste it. You'll love it. You can even get them to put your name on it. If you order enough, you can put like Owl's Nest Barbecue on it, Barbecue Central Radio, Fat and Dumb Barbecue. And you can put any, any name or label on it. And uh, you can pass it off as your own at the house. How cool would that be? Everybody think you're really something. We'll be right back. Stay with us on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Welcome back to the Barbecue Central Show. We're going to go back to Sky. John Falkenberry, Jealous Devil Barbecue. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, sir. Hey, Steve. How's it going? I'm going it's going good, John. How you doing? Thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate you taking up the uh, third spot in the in the lineup. Um, John, I got to tell you, I love, I love charcoal. I love trying different charcoals. Um, I love the way the different ones smell, and I, and I can't wait to try your uh, Jealous Devil brand charcoal. Uh, first of all, how did you get into the charcoal business? Because that, that to me, that'd be the coolest job in the world to have. Well, I've been in the in the charcoal grilling industry probably for the last fifteen, maybe twenty years as a vendor to Walmart. Mm -hmm. um, so it uh, it's it's been a long road. Worked for some good companies. Uh, got in uh, as a director of national accounts with uh, Royal Oak. Kind of started out my my charcoal line, and then uh, a little over a year ago, I met these guys in Las Vegas. And uh, charcoal has always been my uh, my Achilles heel, I guess. It's yeah. uh, something I've always enjoyed, and uh, I saw some cool packaging, and uh, kind of drew me into their lump charcoal. And uh, that led to uh, them offering me a job. Hey, before we talk about the different products, hold up that hold up a bag. I think you've got one there close to you, don't you? I do. I've got to grab it. Real fast. That's fine. Take your time. It's no no big deal. You should have been here for the first of the show if you want to see a screw up. Well, I've, I've got one of our new bags, uh, Steve. If you can see this, Absolutely. this is our new uh, line of charcoal briquettes. Uh, that we're making uh, be out in the industry uh, middle part of February, but a hundred percent all natural briquette. But the cool packaging part of it kind of stems from a PVC nylon bag, mm -hmm. waterproof, water resistant bag, reclosable zipper. So Ooh, you I actually like you can open this thing up, dump out what you need, reseal it. But the one thing our retail customers are really enjoying is our carry out handle look at that we've integrated carry look handle into this where they can actually take this out out of the store with them help them carry a 20 pound bag 
don't have to worry about uh, ripping the tops off the paper bags or anything like that. So it's been fantastic working with these guys and their packaging innovation. That is that is that is a, a real cool package. I love the reclose the reclosable top because um, how many how many times how many horror stories have you heard from people that um, even when you leave your charcoal out, you say in the back of your truck or on the back of your cook trailer, and it doesn't rain, it just gets um, you know misty at night. You know, it gets yeah, just you know, from the dew, and, and then it, you know the dew, and uh, you know that'll that'll make it that'll ruin a bag of charcoal. Just the the dew will. Well, I tell you, I've had a few uh, choice cuss words coming out of my mouth when I try to undo those little little string draw tabs, you know, that you try to get undone that never work like they're supposed to work, you know. So it's one of those things. Out comes the pocket knife, and I just yeah. cut the top of the bag. Uh, the black that black we piece don't of to... tape. It's a you know, that black the black piece of tape on the bag. You know, what I'm talking about. You know that. <laughs> Sometimes it, sometimes I nail it, you know, rips right and go, oh yeah. And then other times I'm, I'm like you, I'm getting my, my bony knife out and I, and I cut it and it tears and I've got a mess on my hands. I try to pour it into my gravity smoker and it goes everywhere. So it's a, it's exactly. a, it's an, it's an adventure every time I cook with a bag of charcoal. All right. Jealous devil. Um, let's talk about, I'm going to, I'm going to take a stab. I'm, I believe it's pronounced. K Bracco, is that correct? The wood? K Bracco. Yeah, K Bracco. K Bracco, okay. And it's K Bracco Blanco hardwood. Now, now tell, tell me about that. Um, I've never heard of that. Well, if I if I had to describe it, basically it's a it's a white oak species that grows in the Chaco region in Paraguay, South America. Mm -hmm. And the characteristics of this wood basically it's 30% more dense than the hardwoods that we have access to here in the U.S. Even some of the hardest, like maples, it's 30% more dense than our hardwoods we have access to in the U.S. So it carbonizes very efficiently. You, there's virtually no waste to this wood once it's carbonized. And uh, the characteristics with 30% more dense hardwood, longer burning time, we uh, actually temp up to 1100 degrees uh, most lump charcoals in the U.S. are going to top out maybe 625, maybe 50, mm -hmm. uh, 650 degrees. Uh, and ours, they actually smelt metals with this species of wood in Paraguay. It gets that hot. Oh, my gosh. Um, all right. Then that, that, well, that brings me up to, of course, the um, that's called the Blocks Fire Logs. And if you're on, go to, if you're watching, at home, go to uh, jealousdevil.com and you can see the complete list of products. Um, this Blocks Fire Log, John, really intrigues me. It's a it's a 14-inch uh, size log made of uh, oak and hickory. Tell me about that thing. Yeah, we partnered uh, with a company out of Whitehall, Tennessee, and uh, what they're doing is they're taking their leftover sawdust from hardwoods, mostly oak and hickories, and we go through a kiln process where we dry it down to a 6% moisture content. And then it's put into a Shimada press that presses it into these log shapes. Mm -hmm. And what we found, we tested this in a couple culinary schools, and it was performing really well. It's actually a food-grade uh, food log. It's mm -hmm. actually, since we kill dry it, we kill off any bacteria through the kiln, and it's actually can it's a food grade you can cook right over. So we've been testing this out in pizza ovens, 
We've been testing it out in fire pits, uh, cooking s'mores, hamburgers, hot dogs. You know, now that the weather's starting to cool down, we're starting to get a lot more emphasis on that. Uh, and what's nice about it is since it's kiln-dried, we know exactly how long it's going to burn and what kind of environment. It temps up to almost 1,000 degrees, so you can actually burn it indoors in a fireplace in your home. One single log uh, with you know full oxygen is going to burn for a little over an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you control the oxygen in it, a stick burner, a uh, stick burner charcoal grill, yeah. uh, a pizza oven where you can control it, you can get hours out of it. What about, um, like I've got a pizza oven I love to cook on. Um, it yep. sounds like it'd be, it's like you said, it's, it, it, it would work in there really well. And with those kind of temperatures, man, you'd be, you'd be cooking pizzas in, you know, 60 to 90 seconds. Have you well, seen, you what, have you seen it in the work in the pizza oven? I hope, I hope Matt Frampton, uh, is, is, uh, from grill, from grill on grill actions listening because he's our, uh, our barbecue central pizza, uh, expert. And I bet he's really interested in this. Yeah, and we, we actually, we have been doing it in pizzas. If you went in, I believe there's some YouTube video with the Chicago Culinary School and their pizza division, them actually using it. But, you know, the, the thing about it is, the thing I've always heard from pizza guys using the brick ovens, 750 to 800 degree deck temperatures are mm-hmm. what they're wanting, mm-hmm. and you can get that yeah. with these logs. You can get an extended burn time, get those decks up real hot. You can still get a little bit of smoke at the top of the dome for that little lick that everybody wants right there at the very end. Mm -hmm. But uh, the the biggest thing behind these is the consistency. We know exactly how long it's going to burn. They're all 6% moisture content. There's no more having to go outside in the wood barrel or in the woodshed and grab four or five logs. And you don't know if they're 20% moisture or if they're 40% moisture, if they're going to smoke real heavy or burn off real quick. This is consistency. And with these, since they're food grade, they can store them. The restaurants can store them right in their dry storage areas in the restaurants and pull them out, ignite them. You know, you get a little bit of smoke from the first start of the ignition, but you get a beautiful flame for 35, 40 minutes of the burn time uh, until it ashes over. And then once it ashes over, that's when you get that really, really hot temperature. Uh, okay, going down to going down the list, the uh, this this looks like a neat product, the Max XL Brickets, Briquettes rather. What um? How much that, bigger is it than, say, the standard briquette that we're all used to out of the different color bags? It's probably, it's probably thirty percent bigger. That was the briquette that I was showing you. Uh, but where we kind of separate ourselves with our briquette, you know, when we pre-screen our lump charcoal, we basically have a, a couple of different screenings. Our our XL chunks are the first screening, the big chunks that we pull off. Then we have another screening, which is our chunks, which is the tennis ball you know, size chunks and just a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Well, everything that falls below that, we don't ship. We don't package it up. We basically call it our fines. So what we've done is we've taken that awesome Cabracho lump. We pulverize it into a powder, 95% straight our lump, 5% starch, a potato starch, a food grade potato starch we use for a binder. Mm-hmm. We bind it up, make it the oversized briquette, about 30% longer than the normal briquette sizes that you that you're used to. So you get the same characteristics out of our lump without the extreme temperatures. We, we top out the briquettes will burn at about 550 degrees, but you get that extremely clean burning. There's virtually no smoke, just like our lump produces. And what's nice about it is 
These, these briquettes can be used in a Kamado style grill. One of the biggest drawbacks to, you know, trying to use charcoal in a Kamado style yeah. grill is ash content, mm -hmm. plus some of the off-gassing. With this, it's 95% all-natural hardwood, 5% potato starch, and the ash content from t a 10-pound bag is going to be less than a half a pound. I bet so it just burns down to nothing. I bet it works in a gravity feed well, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, I could really see it working in, in my gravity feed. Because I'll, you know when you I don't I don't like to use lump charcoal and I like to use just briquettes. But the the downside to that, like you say, John, is I'm having to empty that ash pan, you know, you know, four and five times a cook to keep the to keep a good clean fire going. Right. Well, you know, one thing we didn't discuss, you know, like with our lump charcoal, we have a two stage carbonization process. With the denseness of the species that we carbonize, we're fortunate. We carbonize our wood. Two, two different ways. Well, actually, we, when we first carbonize it, it's you know around to 600 degrees. When we shut the air off, we reignite it and we bring it up to an extreme temperature. Without saying, giving away too many of our you know proprietary information, what that does for us, it knocks out 90% of the residuals. That's that excess smoke. Mm -hmm. We have the cleaner and lump charcoal out there, and that's the one thing we do more. We've done more restaurant business than we do in the retail right now. We're wow. shipping more food service, you know, supplying restaurants with live fuels. And what that does for us, it allows our restaurants, they can go across one pit, they can cook a steak, they can cook lamb, something more delicate like fish without overpowering it with the smoke smell to where, they, where our restaurant chefs actually can, you know, serve their nice proteins out there without overpowering it with like a mesquite mm -hmm. or, or a head wood that hasn't been carbonized correctly. And that characteristic passes along right into our briquettes uh, because we're using the exact same lump. So now if somebody wants to get a hold of this stuff like me, where where do we go to buy it? Um, say if I'm in uh, Old Dewa, Tennessee, where do we go to buy this to try it? Well, the, the briquettes, we're, we're packaging them as we speak in Paraguay. Mm -hmm. uh, we own our own production. One of my owners lives in Paraguay. The other owner lives in California. But the owner that lives in Paraguay, he's been there for 10 years. The bags are there. We're producing the briquettes now. We're packaging them up. But it's like snail mail. I mean, if you can envision uh, yeah. 10 days on a dirt road, you know, six weeks in a container. So we're, we'll have that product coming out, uh, you know, the first to middle part, maybe end of February at the absolute latest. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're... You know, we're tied in right now. Some of our retailers, Ace, True Value, you know, have our lump. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking at drop shipping with them, uh, with our briquettes and uh, our new uh, partnership with Harry Sue and his rub line and sauce line. We're going to be drop shipping through Ace and True Value. Uh, one of our biggest e-commerce, you know, like everybody else, uh, Amazon's out there where you can get access to it. The mm -hmm. briquettes, you know, we'll probably have that listed on Amazon as soon as they arrive. Uh, but, you know, some of our brick-and-mortar stores, Amazon, True Value, are the, the ones that we're working with right now. And what about the Blocks Fire Logs? Are they available right now, John? Uh, they are. They're they're actually available right now through Amazon. Okay, uh, that's the, the first place that we placed them. And when we when we opened that with Amazon, we were actually their number one launch in that category with those blocks. It's doing phenomenal. Who came up with Jealous Devil? What a, what a, what a great name. I mean, you would never... You know, I would, I would, if I had to think of a name for a charcoal company, I would think for a thousand years before I came up with Jealous Devil, and it's so cool. Well, I, 
Yeah, I'd like to tell you it was my idea, but it wasn't. Uh, and I'd probably say both my owners were probably uh, half the bottle through into some uh, into some nice whiskey. But uh, basically, it's our catchphrase. Our, our charcoal's so hot, we make the devil jealous. Oh, okay. I like it. Well, John Falkenberry, thank you so much for joining us here on the Barbecue Central Show. Great, A great product. And one, one more time, show that bag to everybody just so that people join in. There's a few people joining in late, and they'll want to see it. I know people listening on the podcast won't be able to see this. But um, go to the website, jealousdevil.com. And check out that bag. It's a resellable, uh, puncture proof. It's it's it yeah. really protects the product. And that's Steve. Something- I'm gonna make sure, I'm gonna make sure I get you some briquettes as soon as we get them available. So I will. Uh, I want some firsthand experience, especially on a guy in a, in a gravity fed smoker to to give me his feedback. Yeah, and I want some of those logs too because I'm, I'm gonna fire them up in that pizza oven. I'm gonna order. That good. I'm gonna order some of those on Amazon because Halloween night we've got a big party here in the neighborhood and i'm and my job is to fire up the pizza oven and make uh okay. pizzas all night so i'm going to order some of those from uh amazon and get those sent in john falkenberry thank you so much we sure appreciate, hey, I appreciate you it. you bet nice meeting you man i appreciate you i tell you yes sir we'll- you meet so many nice people here on the barbecue central show and even though this will probably be the last time i ever fill in for greg because of the skype episode of 2019 hey let's real quick Fireboard. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or 816-945-2232 today. But just go to Fireboard. Com. Also bringing you this part of the Barbecue Central Show, Green Mountain Grills. If you're looking to get your hands on one of the best pellet cookers on the market, Green Mountain Grills is what you want. Head right to them in a retailer near you. They only go through retailers. They take care of the people that sell the product. I like that. Two lines to choose from, the Classic and the Prime Lines. Both have similar sizes, the Jim Bowies and the Daniel Boone. But if you want to save a few thin gilders, dollars then the classic line is for you if you're okay with coughing up a few more bucks greg suggests the prime line the prime line's built on a more robust chassis you have peak and windows i like that too in both the cooking chamber and the pellet hopper so you know what's going on inside there you also have two internal meat probe versus the one you get with the classic line also the prime line uses that unique 12 volt battery technology and that's really cool because you can go totally independent with that this gives the Green Mountain Grill precise fan control, increasing your pellet efficiency. Green Mountain Grills at a retailer near you. And the Smithfield, are you signed up for smoking with Smithfield in the National Barbecue Championship? Registration is free. Sign up today. Hit smokingwithsmithfield.com. For all of the details, go to smokingwithsmithfield.com. Are you in? Go to the website and see. We'll be right back after a short break. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stay with us.
She's so kissable, uggable, lovable, unbelievable. She's a mouthful of anything and everything a man could want. Yeah. She ain't typical. She's unpredictable. She's available. It's a miracle. All right, welcome back. Smoke cheap is a free weekly newsletter. You know, include top news, events, recipes, and more. It's started by Ryan Cooper, our beauty tourist, Sean Ludwig. Also, New York City barbecue. Around the country, I'm report on it. I subscribe. It's pretty cool. Keeps you up to date. Sign up for the new lunch free. Full cool events. Their barbecue calendar. At barbecuenewsletter.com. Sign up for the sunset. Barbecuenewsletter.com. It is really cool. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for being with us tonight here on the Barbecue Sunset. I had a good time filling in. Greg will be back here next Tuesday night. Fast array of guests. We spoke with uh, Meathead in the first hour, Mike Peterson, and Barbecue in the second hour. Told us about the three minutes. September. And wrapping up the show, John Falkenberry from Jealous Devil Barbecue. Jealous Devil Barbecue. I'm sorry, Je- Jealous Devil. Charcoal.com. Charcoal.com. Go there. All about the Jealous Devil line of charcoal. Thanks for watching, everybody, and thanks for listening. We'll be back here next. Drive safely. We'll see ya. I could breathe.